Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. You have arrived on the program with news, information, commentary, opinion, all that kind of stuff. There's so much gobbledygook on about 95% of the news programs. So much leaning far, far to the left. We're tipping, right? You'll get the truth right here, my friend. News, information, and comment from a pastor of 32 years in the pulpit and in radio since, what, 12 years of age? Yeah. So thank you for being here. Thank you for praying for us, supporting us, sending us all kinds of goodies that we share on the air. Back and forth we go. Yeah, it's so important today. Stand for the truth. Let's two walk together. How could they possibly agree? How could you possibly agree with those left-leaning radicals? They're out there. Stay tuned to Hello World every day at this time, and God will bless you mightily. Thank you so much for being there, and I mean that sincerely. What in the world is going on? At least in Illinois. More specifically, Chicago. Crime in that state and that city spiraling completely out of control. Now a, a new law overhauling the state's criminal justice system goes into effect in January and could be a total disaster. When I said that this is the most dangerous law I've ever seen, those are the words of Keith Picot. That guy's the mayor of uh, Orland Park, Illinois. The mayor says, The Illinois Safety, Accountability, Fairness, and Equity Today Act, called Safety, changes multiple parts of the Illinois justice system with provisions like ending cash bail, limiting how flights determine whether defendants are flight risk or not, and allows defendants under electronic monitoring to leave home for 48 hours before they can be charged as escapees. The legislation, which Governor Pritzker signed into law last year, goes into effect January the 1st, 2023. And many are already saying it is America's most dangerous law ever. Where is my gun? He's a billionaire, but the question is, does he really think that he is God? Who might we be talking about, do you think? I'll give you a second. Time's up. George Soros, typically preceded by the words billionaire philanthropist. But, you know, there's a really big problem with that because philanthropists donate money and property to needy individuals and institutions for the purpose of advancing human welfare, security, and happiness. And George Soros is demon-led, and he's anything but that stuff. Literally, philanthropy literally means love of mankind. For decades, however, Hungarian-born left-wing billionaire philanthropist George Soros has supported, advocated, and bankrolled everything from rotten, subversive, destructive, hateful, and evil things. Well, there you have it. Can we add to the list of things the Democratic Party is called? Maybe the party now of child abuse? Child murder with abortion, but now child abuse? Well, Joe Obama long has claimed as one of his ideals, life is a society that provides transgender drugs, chemicals, and surgeries even for children. He emphasized again this weekend that those comments have earned him a blast from a member of Congress for making his party, the Democrats, 
the party of child abuse. That was Representative Marjorie Taylor from Georgia. Joe Biden thinks it's wrong to stop the profit-driven medical industry from cutting off the breast of 15-year-old girls and castrating boys? You gotta be kidding me. I mean, before they're old enough to legally get a tattoo or to vote, you can do that? Tell me, Democrats are not the party of child abuse. Absolutely. Oh, the divide gets whiter daily. So how long ago was it that Sleepy Joe made that big decision that got everybody mad? He announced a unilateral executive action that's going to transfer hundreds of billions of dollars, maybe even a trillion dollars, in student debt, loans that they took out in their families for those who borrowed the money and then give the debt to taxpayers. That's the way it's going to work. Boy, you could buy some votes with that, I think, Joe. And now he's done it. He announced in a video interview that it's okay. He signed a law. Signed a law to cancel student loan debt after he got it passed by a vote or two. Joe, 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 you are an absolute nutcase. A senile nutcase. Why, of course, it's a double standard. Everybody knows that. The left-leaning loonies on The View, oh, that erupted yesterday when Senator Ted Cruz of Texas was on and he confronted the host about election deniers and political violence on the left. The Republican was heckled by members of the environmental audience, of course. That's The View. Who would want to sit and watch that thing for more than 30 seconds, huh? Anyway, talked about President Biden, he said was legitimately elected, and he confirmed that before calling out uh, The View for their pass on floating stolen election claims. Then he whipped on Whoopi. Yeah, you know you, what you don't do, you folks? You don't jump on the Democrats here like you do the Republicans. When Hillary Clinton was here, she said it was illegitimate. Trump stole the election. And you didn't do that when Stacey Abrams sat right here and said the election was stolen. No, you all sat here and heard him say it was illegitimate, and you guys were all fine with that. Uh, yeah, that's the way it works. What's good for the goose is not good for the gander, and, well, you know that already. I'm preaching to the choir. But here's something that we've long recognized, and if you have not, then lend me your ear when you talk about the media, you're really not talking about the media. It really doesn't exist anymore. When you talk media, ABC, NBC, CBS, programs like The View, always CNN, of course, and MSNBC, and who else can we throw in this mix? You're talking people who are Democrats disguised as news people. That, my friend, is precisely what they are. Bordeaux, right after this. Can you say been there, done that? After 15 years of ministry, he's burned out. Looking out his office window, he wondered, how can I possibly feel this tired? I'm serving you, God. His wife called earlier, reminder of the day's activities, dental appointment at 4, pick up their son from football practice at 6. They have that dinner engagement at 7. A quick check of his office calendar revealed three counseling appointments scheduled for the afternoon. Hospital visitation in the morning at 10. How would he ever have time to get Sunday sermons together? Now, that's a problem for many preachers, let alone have any personal time. On Sunday, people have been watching me saying, you need time, Pastor. You need to get away. Take some time. Hard to find. Many times, life's demand becomes so stressful that God gets pushed out of the lineup. 
We wonder why we're tired, in need of rest. Could it be that God is trying to get our attention? Best way to be of spiritual value to those around you is to stay fresh and alert to the sound of God's voice. Personal time alone with Him should be a top priority, followed by time spent with family and friends. While we all enjoy activities, some become deep hindrances to spiritual growth. Hey, ask God to show you all that is hindering your daily walk with Him so you can reclaim your closeness with Him. Doesn't that sound good? Well, this is Offa, an Amazon delivery driver found dead after a suspected animal attack Monday in Missouri. Deputies found the victim's body around 7 o'clock in the evening in the front lawn of a residence near Excelsior Springs, a city of roughly 10,000 people. The Amazon truck had been parked in front of the house for several hours. Deputies found two aggressive dogs near the victim's body, both shot by police. In Philadelphia, a man critical there but stable now after being attacked by his own dog, described as a pit bull mix, and only let go of the owner after a responding officer discharged his service weapon one time striking the dog. At least two people dead, seven others injured after a gunman opened fire at a high school in South St. Louis yesterday morning. Police said the suspect also died at an area hospital after a standoff. Shots reportedly fired as school began at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School, the oldest public school west of the Mississippi River. The shooter, clad in black and appearing to be in his early 20s, carried a long gun into the reportedly locked school where seven security guards were on site. The big question today, how did he get in? Terrible scores. National test scores released yesterday show the largest math declines ever recorded for fourth and eighth grade students across this country, while reading levels dropped to the lowest level since 19. The results, while they're from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, known as the Nation's Report Card, we're in trouble. Well, they did it. The German company did it. Adidas yesterday ended its partnership with Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, after the musician made a series of offensive anti-Semitic comments Adidas said in a statement, Adidas does not tolerate anti-Semitism and any other sort of hate speech. Yee's recent comments and actions have been unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and they violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect, and fairness. It's all over. She's still over there. Remember her? Professional basketball player Brittany Greiner. Her appeal, that hearing begins today in Russia. The WNBA star was sentenced to nine years in prison after a vape cartridge of hashish oil was found in her luggage. Former Minneapolis police officer Jay Alexander Klug agrees to 42 months in prison as part of a guilty plea in the state trial over George Floyd's killing. Ex-police officer Tao Theo agrees to a bench trial after pleading not guilty. The U.S. Justice Department unseals charges against 13 Chinese nationals in three separate cases for allegedly trying to interfere with national security in this country. The Trump Organization tax fraud trial begins with jury selection today. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarice Thomas temporarily halts subpoenas for Senator Lindsey Graham's testimony in Fulton County, Georgia, part of the 2020 election interference probe. Well, he finally died, world's dirtiest man. You ever heard of this? An Iranian man nicknamed the dirtiest man in the world? 
Didn't take a shower for decades. Died yesterday at the age of 94. He did not wash for more than 50 years. And, oh, this is just bright. He was single. He avoided showering, he said, over fears of getting sick. Well, I suppose they're teaching you the value of money. Who are we kidding? Blue Ivy Carter. That's a 10-year-old. 10-year-old daughter of musicians Jay-Z and Beyonce placed an $80,000 bid at the Wearable Art Gala in Los Angeles, California. The child bid on a pair of Lorraine Swartz diamond earrings Saturday, shocking the engineer, shocking the auctioneers. Video on social media showed Blue Ivy jumping up to place the bid under the supervision of her mom and dad. She ended up getting the diamond in the bidding war. But she had to be probably disappointed with the next item, earrings, costing $105,000, of which she lost that bid. Business news. Starbucks has announced new technology that promises, well, to have a better customer experience. But workers fear it's going to change their jobs far too much. The coffee giant is set to implement a system that will cut down on work done by employees with a new automated tech. But baristas believe it could remove the handmade element from drinks altogether. It's the new Siren System Cold Bar introduced by Starbucks, part of the company's reinvention strategy, which will use some momentum gained during the pandemic to push the business even further. Starbucks, one of my least favorites. Oh, I've had my say on all of that. Let's end it with this. Thoughts on... Quitting, don't do it. The difference between perseverance and obstinacy is that one comes from a strong will and the other from a strong won't. As Henry Ward Beecher, to remain indifferent to the challenges we face is indefensible. If the goal is noble, whether or not it's realized within our lifetime is largely irrelevant. What we must do, therefore, is to strive and persevere and never, ever give up. Few lack talent, but most people lack the vision and perseverance to develop those talents, said Oren Woodward. And Victor Hugo, perseverance, the secret of all triumphs in life. Okay, who, who said that? I, I'm getting so old that all of my friends in heaven will think that I didn't make it. Oh, this is good for marriage? You want a bad marriage? Put yourself first. Want a good marriage? Put your spouse first. Want a great marriage? Put God first. Are we too much like the world? Where's my Bible? Life 101 right after this. Best tuned in. You're listening to Hello World coming your way each day at this time. Brought to you by this local station at the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Tell a friend about the program and join us. Continue to pray and support us if you can. Thank you very much. Let's be friends on Facebook. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. So many joining every day from all over the area. I'm still looking for your name. Let's be friends. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. It's a big deal. I'll pray for you. You pray for us. And it's a winning combination. So if you were to take a long look in the spiritual mirror today, would you see more of Jesus or more of the world, do you think? 
I've been preaching in my church and going to continue to do so for the next several weeks about our worldliness. In so many areas, I think that is true. We're there. We're doing our thing. We've done it this way for years, but I have said throughout my revival ministry in America that I believe the church is about 10 years behind the world. We keep adapting accordingly. You know, I think we're in need of transformation or revival, that all Christians have a tendency to go on hold or stall out, content with the level of the life where it is right now. That's what Christians do. This happens frequently in the lives of individual believers and Entire churches go that route. We know that when Christ gets a hold of a person or a church, revival occurs. Scripture teaches that sin is forgiven, mercy is shown, and lives are made like new. All the way back to 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Well, what happens when you get something from God special? You have a revival in your heart. There are seasons when growth stalls, however. As believers, we have that new standing in God, but our life in the world doesn't always reflect that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, be good reading today. You know, the Apostle Paul knew that an ongoing revival had stalled in the lives of the Corinthian believers. In response, he wrote a very tough letter to them about the nature of the gospel and how it was supposed to be lived out in the course of life. Paul's letter to the Corinthian church seems to be as applicable today as ever. As in any generation, God's children are in a position where they can stall out, and the reasons seem to be universal. I remember we had an old Chevelle years ago. Oh, that was a tough time. That thing was a mess. Even the back floorboards were rotted out. Many times I'd look in the back seat to make sure that the kids were still there. I remember being on the bypass here one day, and yep, right in the middle of traffic, she stalled out for the last time, just shoved it off to the side, called a record service, off to the junkyard it went. We had a terrible car. It stalled at the worst times, like this, in the middle of an intersection. Are you kidding me? The only way to get a stalled car to start again, you had to open the hood and slam it back down. I'm a real mechanic and that stuff. It was odd. It was embarrassing. But we didn't have the resources to get anything any better. No money. Been there, done that. So we had to endure with something that stalled at the most inopportune times in our life. Despised that thing after a while. You know what can happen to a church? I despise a stalling church. When I see the spiritual growth of my church just go on hold, it's not fun. Christians are to experience the new life every day. The connection to Christ is a guarantee that change is going to be continual. The eternal reality that we were saved from sin should have a daily effect on our life in this world, but sometimes it stalls. Yes, it does. The first letter to the Corinthians was probably tough for Paul to write, tough for the church to read. They were in the midst of a city known for all kinds of wrongs. Many of us live, work, worship in cities like Corinth. Sadly, the moral code became the moral code for many Corinthian believers. You know, I'm often forced to admit that a stalling effect has taken place in my own life. Revival is needed. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, brothers, I wasn't able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Jesus Christ. 
I fed you milk, not solid food, because you weren't able to receive it. In fact, you're still not able, because you're still fleshly. You know, I look at people. I told the congregation yesterday, I see two people there. See this man? There's two of them. One in the flesh, one in the spirit. That's true of every believer. Paul said, for since there is envy and strife among you, oh, really, envy and strife? You are not fleshly and living like ordinary people? That's the question. 1 Corinthians 3, read it. The members of the church there had placed their faith in Christ and moved from darkness to life. Praise the Lord. But what happened? They need to be revived. They lost their salvation? I don't think so. They lost the forward momentum of their daily lives. Folks, in the process of discipleship, we need to orient people to the reality of a war out there. Romans 8, 8 and 9 says, those whose lives are in the flesh are unable to please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God lives in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Once a Christian, the Spirit lives within us, but the old self still wars against this transformation in our lives. It's a battle and a process that will continue on into eternity. I believe our church, the cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana, has been a revived church, and we have chosen to pursue changes for ourselves, and church communities reflect what is possible through the work of Almighty God. I think 1 Corinthians gives us a portrait of what our church members must guard against in order to experience the fullness of the transformation that God intends for us. Maybe we need to pray a little more often. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if, and I think that should be when, see if there be any wicked way in me, and God lead me in the way everlasting. What a prayer. Got to repeat that several times a day. Yeah, it can be tough for all of us, my friend. How you doing? We all know that the believer cannot be transformed without the truth, so you got to be saved. First John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. It'll set you free. Time in God's Word, then, is a necessity for our spiritual exercise. Church members must not fall into the trap of thinking that, hey, group study's enough, Sunday morning's enough, Sunday night's enough. I think everyone should be involved in a yeah, Bible study of some sort, be exposed to some strong biblical preaching, but don't leave out your personal time with the Word of God. It's a quick path to stalling your spiritual transformation. Exercise, going to get this thing going, are you? Begins with prayer. In another letter, Paul wrote, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians 4, 6. Prayer, so important to change lives, to change churches. Yeah, good start, isn't it? Bible, what'd you get out of the Word today? Oh, you need it, my friend. And, and number two, prayer. Are you really praying, and what are you praying about? Do you have a biblical prayer going? Just a couple of very important things that we should be thinking about in our walk. Well, it could happen. A preacher was preaching on booze with great emphasis. He said, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd take it and put it in the river. Greater emphasis. If I had all the wine in the world, I'd I'd pour it in the river. This guy's into it, right? Caught up in the fur, now sweating. If I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd pour it in the river. He sat down trying to catch his breath. The music minister got up and, uh, <laughs> Tried to keep a straight face. 
For our closing hymn, it's number 365. Shall we gather at the river? <laughs> Why not? Hello, world. For a Tuesday, that's it. News, information, comment, opinion, all kinds of goodies here every day at this time. Tell a friend, would you please, about the broadcast and join us. On some stations, we're here twice a day. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Let's be friends on Facebook. And that's the way it is, October 25th, 2022. I'm Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.